Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 429. It's Friday the 23rd of August. It's holiday time. I'm on vacation, but I did my duty and I've turned up. We've got a bit of a small panel here. We've had um, disease, holidays, births. Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Medeus has had another son yesterday. He's third. He's, he's a busy Yay. guy. He, he's a busy guy. All so right. I wish you... Uh, I wish you great um, happiness, um, Matt, uh, um, you and your wife. Uh, um, so like I say, we've got a small panel here. We um, broadcast this at 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. You can watch it on the WP Tonic Facebook page. I'm going to let my small panel, but powerful panel, introduce themselves. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Spencer Foreman from WP Launchify. Uh, we help people with marketing automation on WordPress using WP Fusion, Groundhog, and other best of class plugins. I'm so glad that you said said Groundhog straight away. That's that's well trained, isn't he? That's what I like to see. Um, Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Hi, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We produce those marketing automation and sales tools that you can go ahead and install on your website to hopefully grow your business. That's great. And uh, I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We build, support, design, consult anybody that's looking to build a membership or a learning management system based website. Um, If you're into e-learning, we're the people to approach. Um, before we go into the main stories, I want to mention our, our major sponsor, that's Kinsta Hosting. If you're into WordPress as a consultant or a power user and you've got a site, like a membership site, WooCommerce site, e-commerce, you need something better than your average hosting. And I think the best value on the market is Kinsta hosting and Kinsta only specialise in WordPress hosting and they really like working with people that got need need hosting that's got a bit of oomph to it. If you look they provide all the bells and whistles, um latest version of PHP, stack one click staging, um, one click backup. Um you get the power of Google Cloud. But the main thing is you get one of the best teams on the market at the present moment. If you've got a if you've got a problem, you can approach them straight away and you'll be talking to somebody that really knows what they're talking about. And I think they've got some of the highest support standards in the market at the present moment. If that sounds interesting to you or one of your clients, go over to kinster.com and tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So into the story. Automatic requires zero BS CRM. Considers rebranded it in Jetpack CRM. What do you think of this one, Spencer? Mm. Um, I read the story. <clears throat> it's an interesting one because I think Adrian's in a better position to talk about this. But the thing that I do at WP Fusion all the time is work with the never-ending stream of new CRMs that come out. Very few of them 
have ever successfully worked inside of WordPress. Most of them are SaaS services. So I don't know the particular motives here about what's going to happen afterwards, but I can say that this is just another example, another story of the consolidation. Unless somebody is entirely focused on making that business where they're doing that one particular vertical niche of things, or in this case, in my opinion, like I think Adrian's doing, is to be the best one inside of WordPress, it's probably better to be, you know, part of the Borg collective and let them do with you what they will. Now, I don't know what Automatic is going to do with this, but uh, history has not proven itself to be kind as far as, you know, do they actually have a focus? So, you know, the best product that we can think of is obviously WooCommerce. WooCommerce has grown into a really key fundamental thing, but I don't think it's been because of a specific plan to be the next Shopify. So, Yeah, I think that's so true, actually. they um, Have they got the bandwidth and the focus to do anything with it? That's, that's the crucial thing because I think that's been a consistent problem for the past three or four years, hasn't it, Spencer? Well, I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's like now that, I mean, we're just shooting the shit here today. It's like if one had a crystal ball and went back in time, you could maybe theorize that somebody sat at a table and go, hmm, let's buy up all these pieces because we have a map of where they're all going to come together in the end. Like, ta-da, like one of those artists on You've Got Talent or something flips this, the painting upside down that looked like junk, but it was a portrait of Simon Cowell or something. This is not the case. Clearly, they're just buying up stuff at garage sales and flea markets because nobody really has a clue about what they're doing, nor have they made it clear, more importantly, to the population of the WordPress you know, uh, ecosystem. And I think that's the difference. But therein lies the opportunities. And I, for one, am very interested in taking advantage of the opportunities because the more friction they create by their uncertainty and their random purchases, I think the more opportunities lie for small and innovative companies, <clears throat> Groundhog and so forth, to come in and have direction, have focus, and work with other people cooperatively in that way. That's great. What do you reckon, Adrian? Uh, so I'm going to build off the conversation that we actually had a, a little bit yesterday after, after the interview show, uh, and just a little bit of context as well. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Zero BS CRM, uh, it is a WordPress plugin that is essentially a CRM. Uh, it is one of the more uh, bare-bones CRMs, hence the name Zero BS, because there's no BS in it. At least that's, the, that's their naming convention. Uh, and over the last three years, they've accrued about 1,000 users active on the WordPress repository. So not huge, uh, certainly nothing insignificant. It's certainly difficult to grow a WordPress plugin, um, especially when there's so much competition in the CRM market. Uh, as well as they did. However, after three years, I don't blame them for selling out to Automatic after for only a thousand years. That's a lot of work, right? And a lot of effort goes into that. I, as a plugin developer, I'm intuitively aware of that. Um, part of the ambition, I think, at least behind Automatic's purchases, having read the article, uh, the conversation actually started from one of Automatic's employees and maybe introducing zero BS CRM in their package because it is fairly lightweight as a CRM is concerned. It's really, really, really focused on the one-to-one sales aspect, right? So not the marketing automation, not the email marketing. It's really focused on invoicing, quotes, building the relationship in between salesperson and customer, really low volume, right? So you're not doing thousands of orders. You're doing like 11 orders, Right, so that's where the the zero BS CRM kind of fits in in the marketplace. Uh, while 
uh, for example, Groundhog is really focused on the more the one-on-many type model. You know, when you have thousands of contacts and you're and you're selling and you're marketing with the thousands. So those are the, a little bit of a difference, just for anybody who's curious. Um, but when they when automatic acquired, or at least in the articles it says when they acquired automatic, they're looking to bundle it in the the Jetpack service. Now I'm not really sure if that's a good idea. Uh, the the zero BS name is kind of like a take it or leave it thing. Some people hate it. Some people don't. It's got profanity in the name, profanity, yeah. quote unquote. Uh, I don't think it's a great idea, do you? <laughs> no. I, so uh, they, they, they say they're going to rebrand it Jetpack. And I think the we everybody was ragging on Jetpack last week and the week before that. It's just something that everybody kind of loves to rag on. Uh, I think it's a, it's, it would be a good idea to, to bundle it in with Jetpack if Jetpack was a pick and choose the modules that you want service, like WooCommerce is. You have your plugin store and you get to go and you get to pick and choose which modules you want. Uh, and you don't have to, basically, it's kind of like an all or nothing thing. And that's kind of like the beauty of WordPress in a sense. It's You get cable WordPress company. and then you get to pick and choose cable company. Modules. Pardon? Cable company. <coughs> Bundling. <coughs> Jetpack has so much crap now in there that how is it possible that any... Here, here's the ragging. <laughs> it's begun. <laughs> I'm on your side, but I'm just saying you're like you're 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 stating such the obvious thing, right? Because yeah. it's like Jetpack is the Trojan horse. Well, agent, agent doesn't promise to, like me, Spencer. He doesn't promise originality. You know, <laughs> we don't promise you originality, Spencer. I, I just say everything demo, very democratically. <laughs> you're very diplomatic because the, the the most true things that you said are essentially that, which is. A, it was a very unique product for a very unique limited set of things that CRMs need to do versus a you know, big thing. And the second thing is if Automatic really intended to do something swell with this, then what they really need to do is not bundle it into the, the pinata that Jetpack has become where, you know, take it or leave it and blah, blah, blah. Because at the end of the day, like we all deal with that now. I have a kid in college and you got to go to get him internet. And it's like... <laughs> 12 months contract required for this and TV that. And the bundling idea works well with a Netflix at $9 a month, but not with a thing that's running your business and so forth. Yeah. Cause like business owners, you know, they don't, they don't want, if, if they're not doing quotes, they don't want quotes in their website. Cause it's just another thing that they have to look at and then ask themselves, why is this here? So I, th- I think if they go down the road of bundling it in with Jetpack, it'll be pretty much dead on arrival. If they decided to to do the uh, the pick and choose modular type thing, and I think they'd benefit from offering Jetpack as a as a modular tool rather than an all in one tool as well. But if they if they did that and they separated all those tools, because you have to agree that you know Jetpack does provide useful tools, they're just not useful when they all come in together. They're they're like the desktop of Windows ninety five, basically. <laughs> you just buy a computer. You were, I, I think, you were young enough that this was like you. I used you, it. What, what, I don't want to say what year you were born, but I know your Windows 95 was not when you were in your adult years. It was in your no. formative years. Windows 95 got to the point of absurdity where I would spend over an hour removing crap before I could even start setting up a client's computer. And I think Jetpack is the Windows 95 of 2020, which is if they forced this. I would not be the only one who thinks that. If they when, separated it out, made it modular, I think it would be a lot better. Resume. But, I think Jetpack, or I think... Uh, Zero BS might survive. <laughs> well, but now you combine this to one of the other stories we'll talk about and the stories we we'll talked about last week. The 
we're going to ram this effort down your throat and combine with the we can do what we want in the admin area with banners and stuff, even though nobody else can, combine with nobody else can get into the repository unless it's meeting all Otto's rules, but Jetpack can. Now you start to see like, oh, I see where Windows is going to start applying in WordPress world. You're going to have every single host that gets on board to this uh, cult install this version of WooCommerce, uh, sorry, of uh, WordPress that has Jetpack as the gigantic Trojan horse donkey, whatever that you have to uninstall, or you have to go a different direction. And this is just another example of it. And I, I mean, it's not like without everybody discussing it, and there's plenty of snarkiness to go around. And I'm definitely on the, I don't know, this side of the snarky camp, but they keep reinforcing the need for this with their behavior. I mean, their behavior is showing such a fundamental lack of respect, care, or understanding of what this is purported to have been, which was a community of people, not like take it or leave it. Yeah, kind of, um, I always feel guilty because um, guilty in some ways being so horrible to Jetpack, but I just think it's a load of crap. But then you got Matt Medeos and Morton saying it's going to be the centre of evil takeover, and I think, well, that bit of crap. And the reason why I feel a bit guilty is the Jetpack people at WordCamps, they're always such nice people. It's not like they're good. I I don't. I truly don't believe that they're over there on their side of the desks and they're thinking we're going to give all of this nasty, terrible stuff to these people and we're going to make money and enjoy doing it. I honestly believe that Jetpack is produced with the best of intentions in order to help a certain set of people do a lot of cool things with WordPress and. Uh, just the level, the level that you know some WordPress users are at is just far beyond the tools that Jetpack provides and the business model that they're using in, as their method of distribution. So I don't think there's any like evil plan. Uh, I'm no. sure I truly believe that they're on no, the other no, side no, of the no, computer no, with no. the best of intentions to yeah. provide a tool that's useful. And it's just us, you know, receiving it via their method of distribution, being like, this doesn't make sense to me. And I this, think this, this is like you live in California, John, or Nevada, but you're in California. So mm-hmm. if you're familiar with I'll just pick something, but like dietary preferences. If you if you were a keto or a non-keto or a vegan or non-vegan, especially with the vegan, if you ever sit down with people who have a particular dietary preference, you, you essentially understand how the mindset works of the people on automatic side, which is they know better for you what you should be doing with their open source product, right? The bumblebees have suffered and been slaves to providing the honey that you're putting in your coffee. How dare you? Shame on you. I'm going to take that honey away from you. And in the same way, it works in reverse. We're going to do with this open source platform what's best for us because we can tell you that it's okay now, even though we've been telling you it's different all along. And there's nothing that's going to change their mind because in the mind of the people working there, they're not intending to do harm to us. They think they're helping us. They're smarter and better than all the rest of us who are using the same product with our cheeseburgers and our, you know, bumblebee honey and everything else. Yeah, I think that's real poor. All right, on to the next story was another WordPress, because I've been accused of not enough WordPress stories. Um, so it's a follow-on story from last week. WordPress posed to begin implementing proposal for auto-updates over to sites 4.7. Well, I'm not been watching, um, the, you know, the ongoing discussion. I did read the article now, obviously, Morton knew a lot about this because he's in the midst of it. But it doesn't, you know, they seem to be determined to push this through, don't they? Um, I'll start with Spencer again. I haven't got much choice. Uh, um, Spencer, sorry to bother you again, you know, but 
I don't know. They seem determined to push this through, don't they? It's 50-50. From best I can read from the article, they haven't actually decided that, but the fact that the conversation, despite objections, is leaning towards that is probably most telling. In other words, it's like many of the clients that I've dealt with in the past, many of the relationships with large groups of people. If you have too many cooks, the soup sucks. And in this case, they're basically sort of like, let's talk about it to death. But we really kind of decided. We're just hoping that if we talk about it enough, yeah. it'll look like we gave you your opinion about how much salt to put in the soup and stuff. It seems totally like that. What do you reckon, Adrian? Uh, I would I I would be guilty of employing that strategy in past lives. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I, I expressed an opinion about this a couple weeks ago when we first talked about up, auto updating older sites, and I don't really have that much of an issue with it. Um, it just it's it's more of a question. I don't have an issue with the auto updating. It's more of a question. No, that everybody's know. like, it's more of a question of philosophically, should they impose this on us if it's free open source software to use? Yeah, I, I just think I just I just don't understand that because I, I think the uh, Microsoft position is for once more logical, you just say to people, well, you can run this, but you're not going to get any more security patches. So, you know, we're just, we're just not going to support it. It's like, it's like Spencer was said, you know, they, we, they want to save us from ourselves. And I totally understand that because I like to save my users from themselves. <laughs> the people who use Groundhog, I yeah. specifically limit features and add features depending on what they could actually use that might destroy their business. <laughs> Even though they think they want it and they think they can use it, I'm like, I know this is not going to be a good idea, right? No. So I totally understand like where they're coming from, and they don't want, you know, they want to move people up, mostly because probably they want people to install Jetpack. Maybe I don't know. Conspiracy theory yeah, of the nice. day. Um, I don't really have much of an issue with it. It is what it is, and if people want to move to whatever the new fork of WordPress is, like Classic Press, which now exists then they are more than welcome to do that. All the plugins still work. It's just called Classic Press. It's a fork. It doesn't have Gutenberg. It doesn't have any of that stuff in it. And it exists and it supports WordPress plugins, all that good stuff. If I, if I understand correctly, sorry to interrupt, but this, this has less, from my standpoint, to do with legacy old stuff. Because somebody who is on three point something of WordPress clearly doesn't have the help of a professional. So it's not like anybody in my ecosystem is on three point. However... We actually I, uh, exported a three point... To what Gary, I mean, the, the last time I saw one of those in the wild was kind of like the person woke up from a coma and they're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that bothers me about this is the ability to, again, it all ties. I'm not conspiracy theorist, but just tie this together what we just discussed. Jetpack, Jetpack big <laughs> pinata donkey of, of stuff combined with their ability to upgrade your operating system, essentially, or the, the, the core framework of WordPress without you forcibly choosing not to. In other words, opt-in versus opt-out. Now it sort of becomes like, yeah, they're really greasing the skids of this tool whereby they're going to just give everybody what they want for their best interest and they won't have to have these conversations at all in the future unless people specifically block that, which becomes this sort of like, wait a second, like when did it become that we're on opposite sides of a tug-of-war game? I thought we're all drinking Kool-Aid in, in this hippie granola community together, but no, you're going one way, and I'm saying no on everything that's important. So that's where the fork happens. You don't know what hippie is. You want to be where I've been for the past three days, mate. <laughs> uh, um, right. You have no idea, Spencer. Yeah. Uh, this is the centre where I am with my partner. Is the centre 
of new age spirituality. I've been exposed to it. I'm going to meditate out of this after this. After this. Uh, um, on to the next story. and it, um, Lance Armstrong. <coughs> Podcast is making cycling fans forget about the doping. I haven't fucking forgotten about it. Uh, um, what did you like about this story, Spencer? Yeah, I submitted this. I read this. What I like about this is that as a personality, Lance Armstrong admits that he was a, a big douchebag. I mean, he admits it. He handled things badly. Had he handled things differently, the, punish, the punishment met out to him would have probably been inconsequential compared to what happened. But he, he was a douche about it and stuck his thumb in the eye of the people that were involved. And the problem was he was the wrong guy with the wrong attitude at the wrong time. Now, I don't have a personal opinion, although I am a sort of amateur bike bicycle person. I like that. I don't have an opinion about whether this was everybody doing it or not, but it does seem to be there's enough evidence that everybody in that sport was doing it. So I think of a baseball metaphor. Years ago, I was in Vegas and I saw Pete Rose, like one of the best baseball players of all time, hawking signatures in the mall at Caesars Palace because he was, you know, a guy who got taken down for having a gambling habit. And it wasn't like he affected any of the actual games or any, you know, like nefarious stuff. He was just a gambler that got his hand in the cookie jar. They made an example. This story is one of how the world works today, which is Lance Armstrong is a person that people resonate with. Love him or hate him, he causes conversation. And so what you see happening here is a guy who was at the top of his game, took a fall, and just like the behind the music episodes of my youth, it was like the rock bands, you know, like, no, nothing, then fame, then drugs, then they fall, then they come back and redemption. It's the hero's journey. And I found that this was really a good motivator for me and anybody who cares that in today's world, you can literally be at the top, go to the bottom, and then work your way back up to something else while you correct your errors along the way, which in his case, his attitude, the way he markets himself, the branding, the big thing that he complains about is he wishes or hopes that the cancer people that he had such a passion for because he was a cancer survivor would let him back in. But some relationships probably take longer to heal. So it's just one of those kind of stories worth reading if you like a hero's journey in modern days. Yeah, before I throw it over to Adrian, obviously because we're a small panel, I'm going to take the opportunity to speak a little bit more than I normally do. Um, I understand where you're coming from, Spencer, and I was intrigued by you. You wanted it, and I read it. Um, I, I have a real problem with this guy. Um, not, uh, but part of me doesn't want to become too moralistic and point my finger at and, and give the listeners and viewers the idea that I think I'm some kind of saint. But the problem, the real problem I have with Mr. Armstrong is that he was a corrupter. You know, not only um, did he indulge in criminal, criminal actions and criminality, he, he forcibly pressurised other people to get involved with his criminality. Um, he, um, through his position of influence, he corrupted other athletes. Through his position of power in um, the teams that he was the head of, he corrupted other individuals. He threatened other individuals when they wanted to tell the truth. He, he um, used a lot, utilized his position in the industry to threaten people, to pressurize them for not saying the truth. 
and he consistently lied and basically he's a total fucking douchebag. Uh, um, but I do take what he has is a brand name and it's a very recognizable brand name for the wrong reason, which is really useful in new media. That, that, what do you reckon, Adrian? Uh, oh, I don't want to leave the meeting. I almost clicked that. That would not be good. Um, I also, like Spencer, am an amateur cyclist, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I've never met the man personally, so I won't express any opinion as to his character specifically. I don't, I am the youngest here, so I am uh, less intuitively aware of the, the controversy that surrounds him. I am aware of the, the whole doping scandal and all that good stuff and that Pretty much everybody, oh, when, yeah, when he won his medals, everybody was on, on the same stuff. And they had to go all the way down to, like, position 42 or something to find someone who wasn't on dope. No, <laughs> I, um, I just want to say that's the part that I totally agree with, Spencer. The, um, I'm, I'm not part of the cycling community, but, it, you know, for a number of years, it's had a doping problem. It's you know, still has, as far as I know. Um, now they're finding like cr- machine cranks in the in the yeah. crankshaft and all that. But my stuff. problem with Mr. Armstrong is not actually the doping; it's it's his um, he, he's pressurizing other people to lie for him. Also, pressurizing younger members in his team to help him with his criminality. And mm-hmm. then when others want through conscience want to tell the truth. He threatens them, threatens them with legal action, publicly keeps stating what they're saying is totally false and they're the douchebag and trying to destroy their career where he is the total douche. That's why I have a, a real problem with this guy, Agent. I have a real problem with... Uh, with and I, If I ever met him, I'd, I, I would keep it civil, but I, I would tell him. That I think he's a total, total disgrace of the individual. I'm too, I'm too, I'm just too uninformed about the, right. the controversy to make an opinion one way or the other. But I am reminded, based on everything you said about another man who's in a similar position, Jordan Belfort. If anybody watched right. the, the, the world, the Wolf of Wall place. Street, pardon? That he's all over the place, and on like he, he talk about an abrasive character. I mean, he's <laughs> like Grant Cardone. And like 13 seconds into this amazing podcast, he starts hawking some earbuds, but he sounds like the guy that shows up at your house unexpectedly with encyclopedias. And I'm thinking like, if this guy can get airtime or attention, what's wrong with Lance Armstrong? Nothing. Because Lance Armstrong at least had a physical capability and a skill. He's a saint compared to this guy. (laughs) All I'm saying is, listen, Jonathan's point is well taken, except... There's people in the world that go up and down and annoy the hell out of everybody else without having any skill to back it up, per se, other than being con men. At least Lance Armstrong, arguably, in a class of 42 other people all on dope, was the best of the dopers for a long freaking time. Like, if we learned after the fact that, it's not true, I'm not saying this, but like, if somebody like a Michael Jordan, if it was found out that during his, you know, five-peat was all on dope, well, maybe people would think differently of him, but the fact is that if you learned that everybody in the NBA was on the same stuff, would it change the fact? I don't know. They all were amazing athletes despite that. So, I think, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I really, I totally agree with you there, Spencer. I understand where you're coming from. You know, cause he, is a, he, he was a great athlete. A, um, I don't, you know, I think 
he started off like most of them and he it's probably true he had to take drugs to be competitive and also his story of his recovery from cancer is inspiring but you know it's like all great leaders they have their good sides and their bad sides and unfortunately his bad side that you know i've got a dark side you've got a dark side everybody's got a dark side um i think part of it is being aware of it uh, um but his dark side is really dark, Spencer, because mm. it's the corruption, it's the pressurization of younger people in, in that looked up to him for inspiration, and he, he used them and he abused them and and threatened them, which I I just can't stomach it, Spencer. Yeah. I just cannot stomach it, you know. No, I'm sorry. I wish him well, and I, I hope he finds some insight about his actions. And I don't, and I probably am being a bit too hard on him because you know, you know, I don't want. It's a difficult one because I wouldn't want his actions to lead him to commit suicide or do something dreadful. Um, but on the other hand, I find it really difficult to put him up on the pinnacle. Pinnacle, not pinnacle, pinnacle. It's hard. It's hard for people like that, you know, the the big personalities of the world, like Jordan Belfort, like like Lance Armstrong, to just go. What what would they do? They can't just go away, right? No. <laughs> what what are they What are they going to do? Go get a job? No. <laughs> like, no. It's I, I not. It's, it's not in their blood. They can't just leave, right? They have. They 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 have to be. Uh, and I don't believe it's any part of their own. It's just part of their being and their and their their persona and their personality and part of their consciousness to just be on the forefront, whether for 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 good or for bad. So I don't think we're going to see him kind of like disappear anytime soon. And you know, the, I guess the most that we could hope for is that he provides value in some way, shape, mm. or form to his listeners. And if they can retrieve value out of that, either by identif- self-identifying with him and saying these are the you know. He's trying to reinvent himself after all of this bad stuff, and he's trying. You know, at least it appears that he's trying to like make good on on his previous misgivings. You know, if and if people see that and say, "Hey, listen, that's something that I could achieve too as well," then I think the world's better for it. Yeah, that's great. We're going to go for our break, folks. We'll be back, and hopefully, you won't you won't have to listen to me moralizing anymore during the show. I apologize, folks. We'll be back in a few moments. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. Coming back, Mr. Armstrong will not be sending me a Christmas card this year, I don't think. Uh, um, I just want to mention, um, I'm at a co-working facility. My other half has gone to be a bit of meditation and a some other new age treatments. I'm at Mount Shasta. Oh, I think I pronounce it because I have problems pronounce it, but I am at the Expert Share Workspaces at 211 North uh, Mount Shasta Boulevard, Suite 
100. And I've been here for about three days and they've looked after me like a champ. You know, um, couldn't do more for me. Uh, constant supply of coffee, water, um, little food, tidbits. And so if you're in this area and you're looking for a great co- um, a place to work from, um, I suggest you look them up. They're great people. And I said I would give them a plug, and I have. There we go. On to the next story. They didn't pay me for that either, folks. So there we go. Um, cheap WordPress hosting costs 30 times more than you think. See the math. Now, before um, Spencer points out this, obviously it comes from, up, my, comes, comes from my um, sponsor. But the reason why I put this in, because um, John Locke, who unfortunately can't join us today, he's got a bit of a medical emergency that he's got to deal with. Um, he placed it in our Slack channel. It wasn't me, Spencer. So that's why I put it in. This the, story is a repeat, though. Is it? We covered this story months ago. I all merges. You know, God, I've done so many bloody episodes now. I know. Well, I it's new for me. I didn't read it. <laughs> so I was just for one of us. It maybe somebody just borrowed the same tagline, but I don't think so. They just re-churned it and put a new date on it. You know, how much? But how much? I was intrigued that you put this in, but um, it came from me, not me. And obviously, it comes from Brian um, Jackson, a friend of the show. He's a great writer, so I thought I'd just. And it wasn't a great news week, so mm-hmm. I thought I'd bunny in. Is there anything new that you could say about this article, Spencer? I mean, what I'll say is what I said back then, which is. I'm surprised you can remember. I can't even remember. I, very, I can't even remember what I said two weeks ago. I'm going to admit to you something. As oh, I get older, yeah. as I get older, because I'm 112 now this week, I realize that the brain works in mysterious ways because it is true that I will run into people I have not seen for 48 years, and I'll just start talking to them like like it was yesterday about every detail. And if I met somebody at the market yesterday. I would struggle to remember their name five minutes from now. But in this case, I do have a weird photographic memory for what we talked about. And what I said at that time was, hosting has become a democratized service. Oh, you're going to go back on this thing again, aren't you? That is I'm all- not going to go back on it. It's just I'll say it. You asked me the question. I yeah, I did. Have- oh, true. I did, yeah. If you remember what I said, then clearly we talked about this. Because- well, it's clicking back now. It's clicking exactly. back. Right. And, and I said... Than you. That's ridiculous. And I right. said... I have nothing but warm feelings in my heart for Kinsta and other, even, you know, like Pagely, although Pagely went off to do a more corporate structure kind of thing. I said the factual statement, which I think is truly factual. Hosting has become a commodity. The hosting services that everybody use come from essentially a few key providers in the cloud. And, and, and they're terrible, aren't they? No, that's not true at all. What well, I'm saying is... I'll, spend full, full I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, bloody go, Daddy, last week, and I had better time. I've lost four hours of my life to those parasites. Well, all right. So here's what I'll give you an anecdote, and then I'll tell you the thing. If you if you want me to comment on this, I don't really care because this bores me to tears. This one, but I will say, <laughs> will say it's a fact. Remember the day not so long ago when those mother effers at the various companies that deal with your phone service had the balls to charge you 25 to 50 cents for every text message you sent. Yeah. 
even today as we speak, they try to make people believe that somehow that your bandwidth on the cable that is open bandwidth, it's like a water hose, somehow should be meted out based upon you've hit your cap or whatever. The only way they make money is through a bunch of bullshit marketing and a bunch of like mind altering tactics. Now, go to the hosting. There was a time when servers were physical boxes in co-location spots somewhere deep in the heart of Texas, and you needed to own the box, own the co-location, rent the space, do blah, blah, blah. Those days are long, long, long gone. We now have a global network of services that are literally gargantuan arrays of supercomputer powered type stuff that is all being leased by anybody on a wholesale basis. So, whether it's Google or Amazon or DigitalOcean or Vulture or any of these other ones, you can either pay a middleman who then pretends to be your managed host, like, no offense, WP Engine. Their day came and went, and they're still bullshitting people with this managed hosting is important. But what they're really doing is imposing their will on a subset of people who don't know better that will control this space for you to protect you from yourself, which gets in the way of a lot of people who want to know what's going on or do what they want. On the other side of the coin are companies that I recommended, like Cloudways, which is a wholesale Costco environment. You can get the top-level stuff with a great interface, with nobody getting in your way at a wholesale price without having to set it up mechanically. And somewhere in the middle are your Pageleys and your Kinstas and your other ones that are very specific in what they're doing. They're not sticking their all the kids on the school bus like WP Engine, and they're not a piece of crap like HostGator and Bluehost where it's just like, oh my God. But they're not the like Costco environment of a Cloudways. So if you are a person in the business who knows a little something, go to Cloudways, tell your clients to sign up there directly, whatever. If you want the services that Kinsta really does that are lighter but more efficient, go to them. I can't recommend to anybody going to WP Engine anymore. And that hurts me because I love all the people who are there. And Jason Count Cohen is a founder, but I think they're doing a lot of people a disservice. And that's the reason why they're buying up other companies. They know that the days are numbered for them to be doing quote managed hosting in a world where like text messaging, it will just become a, a de facto unlimited for everybody all the time. There's my speech. That's what I said two months ago. And I say it again. No, you didn't actually, because you've done a much better this time. Okay. Actually, I, I, it was a little bit more extreme last time. Because you, know, you were popping Kinsta as your hosting, you know, they're the best. And I'm like, they're not the, the worst, but they're not no, they're like just sort of a, wholesale they, either. They, you know, they've got a UX design. They offer good support. But it is based, <laughs> is based on Google Cloud. I'll, I'll, you know? I'll jump in. I think I think. But I just want to quickly say, Adrian. Okay. Uh, um, I just think you did a much better job this time, Spencer. So I actually, oh, I had two I, times uh, to practice it. I, I actually agree with almost ninety nine percent of what you said there. Over to you, Adrian. I, I think there is a place for for the middleman managed hosting simply because there are the uninformed people of the of the world who do not know how to set up a Cloudways uh, instance and install all their stuff and manage the server and, and all of that good stuff. And they need that support system, they get the hand-holding. There are those subset of business owners that exist, and I think that to, to write to write all of them off, whether or not they are deceiving anybody, is... Not necessarily totally warranted because there's the, the certain element. That's what I'll say on that. I use Clost, which is Google's direct managed WordPress host. 
Uh, so that, that's a new service offering that they have that I'm pretty sure is pretty like under, like not known or underrated. So you can go look up uh, C-L-O-S-T-E. It's what I use. I really like it. And it's fairly inexpensive. It's like $50 a month for like the five sites that I host on there. Uh, and it's like, it's the scaling pricing. So, you know, the pay, f- uh, you pay for what you use type deal that you get with like AWS or Cloudways or whatnot. So uh, that exists. I think the point of the article, at least one of the points of the article that I'll point out is that, you know, the cheap, the, 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 to bring it back to the headline, cheap WordPress hosting is more expensive than you think. And that's because the amount of time and effort and uh, the people that you're going to have to hire to make cheap WordPress hosting work for your business, it outweighs the cost of just going with a more direct uh, WordPress managed solution that costs a little bit more, but you get the, the, the level of support and the level of handholding that you would need, especially if you're a newbie coming into the WordPress space and you'll spend a lot less time faffing about in GoDaddy's UI to try and figure out how you add a subdomain or how to delete a folder or any of that stuff. So if you want a little bit more of a managed experience, you want a little bit of hand-holding, you want something pretty to look like, you don't want to faff about in HostGator, uh, GoDaddy, it's more than worth it to just pay the extra $10 a month because it's usually like, a you know, your cheap WordPress hosting is like three, five, thirteen dollars $13 a month. And then your mid-level WordPress hosting is starting in the 30 the 40 the $50 range. It's much more better to, or at least much easier, I find, especially if you're starting out, to just go straight for that, that mid-range hosting. It'll allow you to get set up a lot faster. You'll see a return on investment a little bit faster and you're just going to experience a lot less frustration. Yeah, and I kind of, um, thanks for that. When I'm plugging Kinsta on this show, and they've been very good to the show, I really appreciate your support, Kinsta. Um I, I kind of point out that, you know, if you've got WooCommerce, if you've got um, a membership site, if you've got something that's a little bit more critical, um, I think if, if, you, if you're just dealing with a small business, I, I think maybe you should go to SiteGround. If you're looking for cheap hosting, that's reasonable. Um, they do jack the price up a bit after, in the second year. But I think of all those cheap, when you need a bit of support, site ground have, uh, are much better, in my experience, than GoDaddy and other, uh, other hosting providers that we have mentioned. I'm a former uh, SiteGround uh, customer. And when we were with SiteGround, I found that their support was always very helpful. And I, and I enjoyed using their, their UI and the tools that they provided. Um, not as managed as like Kinsta or WP Engine. And right. so it's a little bit more of a learning curve because they really, they provide you like the whole cPanel environment and the whole gambit really. Uh, and it's shared hosting. But if you're just starting out and you're looking for the best of the cheap host, uh, WordPress hosting options, I agree that SiteGround while we yeah. were there was really, really good. And they're changing it to a more custom interface, but that doesn't mean it's going to be fantastic because when you look at somebody and I'm, I'm really bagging and go daddy, but it's true their custom interface is horrible. So it doesn't necessarily mean with Kinsta and some of the other providers, but I also agree with Spencer about WP Engine. I, 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 all of this is going away anyway. You, you guys all know this is going away because what's going to happen in short order, just like text messaging, hosting will no longer be something that people are charged for. It will be part of, you belong to our you know, basically membership economy club for whatever other stuff you get here. And hosting is just part of the bargain because 
it has already become a commodity. How do we get in on that? <laughs> where do well, where I'm, do we where I'm, do we start I'm, that business? I'm actually do, I'm actually offering that myself. Actually, I mean, because uh, either uh, right, even at the middleman level, right at the middleman level, what Kinsta and Pagely, the middle crew of people, are doing are essentially they're bundling up essentially expertise in WordPress and so forth, along with this thing we're giving you. But the hosting is a dead end. It's already been driven down to literally almost like we'll pay you to use us for hosting, but you'll buy the rest of our services if we you know, do that. It's like a loss leader almost. And that's just the fact of how hosting has basically become, again, no cost item for the infrastructure and stuff. So they love it. On to the next story. And I think this came from you as well, Spencer. Should yeah. the rich be allowed to buy the best jeans? What intrigued you about this story, Spencer? I mean, I used to buy jeans at The Gap. My girlfriends used to wear Jordache in the 80s. And I don't understand why anybody would argue that you can't buy your, your, your best jeans. Oh, oh, this is a difference. <laughs> Jonathan, look at Jonathan's face. Adrian got it like that. He didn't even, Jonathan was like staring at the screen like, what? We well, can't have this Friday comedy routine of the trio unless we have that repartee going. Uh, the story essentially is a rehashing in a different context of what Morton has. I thought we'd be doing a, a good, good job here, but there's only three of us. I don't want really to keep bitching. I, I know, I'm just saying, we need that, like, the, the Stooges thing, you know, I got to... You know what happens next Ooh. week? There'll be, there'll be seven, we've got a guest anyway, but everybody will turn up next week. I need a so, in this in this routine. Anyway, the bottom line was, this really is just a conversation that we've discussed before. Morton had very uh, strong and eloquent statements on the fact that, look, slippery slope. There are arguably medical reasons why and how the scientists of today can fix things in advance. Could be an inherited genetic problem. It could be something that is literally life-changing. But once you allow that kind of stuff to happen, how far do you allow it to go? Do you allow it to you know, boys of Brazil and it's like, okay, all blonde haired, blue eyed, or, you know, how smart is your kid or, you know, how big is their, their feet or hands or anything else? Because I don't think that there's any way that you can have like, you know, a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit genetic modification. It's either we accept as a society that it's okay or not. And the point of the argument got into that movie, like Gattaca, which was a really weird Ethan Hawke movie a while back. Love that movie. Great movie. movie It's it's a great movie, yeah. Philosophical of like the haves and the haves nots are now genetically (laughs) decided before birth. And that's like really hair in the back of your neck kind of stuff because it gets into all the crazy shit that's going on now with our caveman politics and society where like it's 2019 and we're literally still like racist homophobes, everything else you want to say about the way politicians are acting today. Like, can you imagine if they had genetic control over people and deciding things based on genetics? So we have a long way to go in society and humankind, and I'm, I'm waiting for the aliens to show up to rescue us. But- yeah, there was, um, there was um, it's a kind of link story. That Epstein, Epstein, that douchebag, that killed himself in prison. Um, he was... Um, he was putting some of his money and sending it to um, certain high universities, the scientists in this area, genetics. And um, he wanted um, he wanted to spread his genes. Um, he wanted to preserve his head and 
the other most important part of his body, uh, the cryogenics, and he, uh, he, and he was sponsoring all these scientists. Did you know that, Spencer? I know that when I was in uh, England several years ago, I got to see Jeremy Bentham, who anybody has never seen that guy. He was a seventh, uh, an 18th century British politician, I believe, but somehow or another, his, his body or most of what's left is preserved uh, in its full entirety. And every so often they literally wheel him out for public display. It's quite fascinating. But I really find it odd that anybody... Do you mean like our president? Kind of, you know. A bit. <laughs> uh, but I find it odd that anybody, for example, not knowing what the future will bring and having seen science fiction, would want to roll the dice on that one of like... Well, we said we'd wake you up, but instead we'll just roll you out every May 1st and let everybody, you know, laugh at your genitals or something. So, Yeah, poor old Greenland. They're buggered, aren't they? Um, I just, <laughs> what do you think of this? I, I, I personally prefer Levi's 510s or Levi's right. 512s uh, to continue the joke. Um, I don't really have much of an opinion on this. It's I'm, I don't keep tabs on the whole the whole. The whole medical science type deal. I, I'm pretty closed in to the WordPress space, so I'm, I'm going to express my opinion. Well, yeah, um, I just think I, it's tempting to let it go one step and then let it go another step, but you can see that in the end it will lead to somewhere that you don't really want to go. Um, but, you know, um, genetic modification... Go, go watch Gattaca. Yeah. Go watch yeah. Gattaca, and then you can make up your own mind about yeah, whether you think it's a good or not a good idea. Yeah, well, the problem, uh, and, the, and the interesting problem, I want to I bring this up. This is something like, whatever, if we're on the topic. I, I read an article, I'm a little bit of an old-fashioned Star Trek fan and so forth, but they've got that you know Picard thing coming back where the, the Star Trek Next Generation, there was a character, Gordy LaForge, that had an eye visor because he was blind. Jordy. The, Jordy, right. Jordy LaForge was basically, he had chosen not to have his eyes fixed. He chose to wear this visor. And the whole point that relates to this genetics is there's many people who believe for themselves and others that having certain genetic faults or physical problems is actually making them better human beings. I know there's a, a lot of people who are born deaf or born blind or born without limbs who feel like they wouldn't be the same person or have the same human experience except for that. So once you have somebody at a higher level breed all of that out it's kind of like watermelon or bananas or whatever like we end up with like one cavendish banana and everybody's just that same banana or one type of tomato or what like we just breed out all of the variations in humankind and next thing what does that leave us with i don't know we're all just like numbers and stuff which i'm sure there's somebody who wants that there's at the higher level just but well, there's a kind of contradiction in society, isn't there? There's, but in like most things, there's always a contradiction normally. On to story six. Um, what does a coder do? It's kind of linked, in a way, with what you just said, really, Spencer. What does a coder do if they can't type? And this is from Sally. Unfortunately, um, she's ill as well. We've had a decimation this week, folks. Um, oh, somebody wants Spencer. Uh, well, maybe it's Sally, actually. Or maybe... Hi, um, uh, right. Uh, or it's probably Armstrong, actually. Uh, um, so, um, what did you think of this one, Spencer? Yeah. So, actually, I uh, I discovered this one. She might have seen it as well because it's a it's in the circle. But what I thought was interesting is the addendum. You know, read down to the bottom. She essentially is somebody who 
has an unusual problem with her hands and she can't type, but she's a coder. So she's used the tools of today to learn how to essentially dictate code, which is really fascinating. In my early years of working in law, we used to have like stenographers who you talk to because a lot of old school lawyers couldn't even type. I came in in the generation we could all type and then very quickly that was the end of that stuff. Here she's saying, I had to adapt and use these tools to, to get through the normal stuff. You know, coding requires lots of ellipses and colons and very specific syntax. But the last part she says is interesting, which is hedonic adaption and the fact that she's essentially realized this is part of her life, that for her, she thinks this is her new normal and she's quite content with it. And again, as an older person who's had to adapt to lots of aches and pains and my eyes and my ears and everything else breaking or not working well, it is true that over time, you just go like, yeah, I feel really great. You don't feel like you did when you were, you know, 20, but you feel great for 52. And I think this is the, the whole issue of being human is that life is going to have every day somebody shitting in your coffee. And if you learn to adapt to that, if you learn to get around it, life is beautiful. But don't wake up thinking that it's not going to happen because there's lots of WordPress examples. People have died in our community from cancer at a young age, or they've had the, you know fibromyalgia, all kinds of stuff. And it's just the way it goes. So kudos to this person, but it's an inspiring story as well. It's a bit like my old dad said to me, uh, my, my um, beloved father, bless his heart. Um, he said to me, son, don't go looking for trouble because trouble will find you every day. <laughs> and it's so true. You don't, have, you don't have to make the situation worse. Don't go looking for it because it'll come your way anyway. Well, to finish off, Adrian, what did you think of this one? Inspirational. Um, it's good to know that there are solutions that exist for uh, developers who may suffer some sort of injury that prevents them from using your traditional keyboard. Um, as one of the probably the most like in, uh, increasing professions, uh, certainly there are a lot more computer scientists today than there were two years ago or three years ago or four years ago. Uh, having dropped out of the University of Toronto computer science program, I can testify that uh, there were enough people to fill my place. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's good to see that solutions are are being developed for so that you know anybody who like can't see or maybe can't use their hands exactly that those solutions exist that allow them to be included in in the hype essentially and, and this new profession as people adopt new tools and they are creating new tools in order to support this kind of thing. So kudos, and it's good to see that it exists. And for those of you who uh, want to dict, uh, because the, I think the article is mostly about dictation software and that you can now dictate code. Uh, if you are experiencing issues with your hand using keyboard, there are some tools that uh, I'd like to recommend, which maybe yeah, could be cool. my, actually my recommendation. Yeah, because so yeah, Dragonstock, I use, because I've got dyslexia, um, and I try not to use Dragon too much, but they stopped, I'm using Dragon 5, because they stopped developing for the Mac. Um, but obviously Google Voice is pretty good now as well. Um, so um, it's interesting though, but I try I only use Dragon when I'm dictating something pretty long because I just find um, I have other tools to help me. And my grammars, and I use Grammarly um, when I can be bothered. But when it's, when it's a new paying customer, they get everything checked. As soon as they give me the deposit, they can put up with my bad spelling. 
<laughs> uh, um, so, um, but there we go. So I forgot. I forgot to have a recommendation because I'm I'm on holiday mode, folks. So I'm excused. So, um, so Adrian, what's your recommendation? Is it going to be this um, voice stuff? Isn't it? Well, I was gonna I was gonna say Dragon, but you've already mentioned it like three times. So instead, Sorry. if uh, you do not have uh, the funds to purchase a Dragon license because it is a premium software, uh, Google now you off- the P- is it really working well now on PC? Are you PC based? Are you? I so uh, I am PC based. I only use the PC simply because that- it allows me a little bit more customization in the environment. But re- regardless of that. Is, is, uh, it dra- really, is it really working well now on the PC? Yeah, it works really, really well. Um, but since you've already mentioned it, I actually have a, um, a different one. Uh, so you can actually go to Google Docs if you have a Google account. And there is a dictation tool yeah. that you can use in Google Docs. So if you want to uh, just use Google Docs, if you use Google Docs for most of your writing, I use Google Docs all the time when I'm pre-formatting blog posts and all that stuff and copy and paste it into WordPress and whatnot. So in case I refresh the page, I don't lose everything. Um, you can go to Google Docs and there's a dictate tool. And um, I'm going to post the uh, link to instructions on how to use that. So oh, just thanks. go to Google Docs and thanks. use the dictation tool if you don't have the uh, funds for a premium Dragon. Naturally speaking, is the full license, as the full software name. It's called Dragon Naturally Speaking. Can't pay for that. Just go use Google Dictation. It works quite well as well, doesn't it? Google. It does. It works very well. It works pretty well. I think it adapts, doesn't it? As also, does it learn? Yes. Yeah, so so Dra- Dragon learns. I'm, I can only assume the Google dictation tool learns because Google is like the ultimate AI super leader now. Um, but a Dragon uh, learns about your voice patterns and it learns a lot about um, your your sayings. It'll naturally remove the ums and the ahs from your speech over time. I say um and ah a lot. Well, I try and my brain tries and catches up with my mouth. But it'll remove that over time as you as you talk through your your speeches, and it'll add your periods and it'll add your spacing, and it's actually very good. So I highly recommend it. All right, Spencer, got anything you want to recommend? Yeah. By the way, I, I've had good luck sometimes. Uh, believe it or not, in iPhone, just open up Notepad and yeah. start talking to it. I do that when I'm walking sometimes, and it's remarkably good. A lot of serious stuff is garbage, but that actually works because then you got the Notepad document, you could just send that off to whatever through another format. Uh, I'm going to recommend something that I uh, used this week in answering some uh, questions about Groundhog's features, new features in 2.0. That is Stripo, S-T-R-I-P-O dot E-M-A-I-L, Stripo dot email. It's essentially one of many services that are free that provide HTML5 pre-formatted templates. And the world we're living in now, again, less is more. I agree with the philosophy of providing functionality to clients, but not necessarily reinventing other wheels, is that this provides a way for newbies and even myself to very quickly get something that looks amazing, but that is safely tested for HTML5 email purposes. So it works across any or most email clients without the problems that are inherent in that whole world. And I've been in that world in the past, in years past, and you don't want to go to that world. So it is far better to, again, say, there's a company that makes a wagon wheel that you can bolt onto our wagon, and this will give you templates and everything else for free. So if you're thinking about how to do email in any CRM, but especially in Groundhog, go check out something like stripo.email and realize, wow, it's kind of like a page builder for WordPress, but for my email. And I can make something beautiful, pop it in place, ta-da, problem solved. 
the world we live yes, in. Yes, yes, folks. Um, you think browser ca- compatibility can be a nightmare? You wait until you're sending out a large email blast. <laughs> Those kids today don't realize how hard it was for us in the early days. They, they don't. You know, I got in and I got into web developing in 1998. Probably before Adrian was even born, probably. Uh, um, I don't not, know. Not, not, not before, just after. Oh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, that, that's, uh, uh, that depressing statement. Uh, um, I think we should end the show. Thank you, panel. So, Spencer, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. I mean, our consultancy happens at WPLaunchify.com, and there's lots of ways to get a free call. But you'll find most of my help over at WPFusion.com, which is, again, the hub of these solutions working with great services like Groundhog for the things like you do, membership, automation, e-commerce, and so forth. So you can get a free call with me over at WPFusion.com. Either way, we're trying to make it really easy for people to understand that the world of WordPress is now this very simple Lego block setup where the components you should use are basic. Then you go get the help of an expert like WP Tonic to work with you on what you're going to do with this factory. Where I help out is how to get the factory set up and everything else from there goes smoothly. Um, over to you, Adrian. How can people find out about Brown talking yourself? I, I feel guilty. I'm not paying a sponsorship fee. I'm just showing up and... Everybody's just saying. Well, when here. you start making some, <laughs> I, I would hope you would contribute something to the expenses of WP Tonic at some stage. But being that you're an early startup, I, I am quite content that you just show up, Adrian. So, well, if you, if you're happy with me showing up, and and I'm glad that you are, everybody or our your listeners can head on over to Groundhog with two Gs where you will be able to download our free plugin and install it on your WordPress website. You can start collecting customer information, sending out emails, creating some nifty marketing campaigns so that you can hopefully grow your business. So again, you can head on over to Groundhog.io. Totally free plugin, super valuable for literally no cost, uh, and I hope you enjoy it. And to wrap up the show, if you would like to join the panel as a special guest, especially if you're a female and you you would like to be part of the panel, just contact me through the WP Tonic Contact Us page and we'll have a chat and I'll get you on the show and be part of the panel. Um, Like I say, that's men or women, but especially women that are involved in the WordPress community. We love you. We'll diversify a little bit. (laughs) Exactly. Diversify more opinion. We would love you, honestly, to come on the show. So if that's, if you're up to the challenge, just email me and we'll get you on the show. We will be back next week with another great panel, hopefully a larger panel. I can say everybody's on holiday or they're sick or they're dealing with something. Um, a new baby, Matt, like Matt from the Matt Report. Um, but we'll be back next week, folks. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.